0: You're, you're calling it and I'm reading here in our show notes uh, the merchant analytic prince and I'm picturing like some kind of Terminator cyborg that dresses really well <laughs> but that's just me that's just me and my nerdy mind This is episode nine of the Brick and Data podcast, a podcast dedicated to retail news, analytics, and tech. Coming up, the Amazon Prime goldmine.
1: and Barrels tablets. New Frontier for Search. And more in this episode of Brick and Data.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Brick and Data podcast, this is episode nine and i am todd harris and i'm also joined by jose chan as usual Jose, Hi, good morning hello so we've got we've got some good stuff today we've we've got a um we've got a few things and i think we'll start off with uh some amazon prime how long has it been around seven eight years at this point or maybe Something less like than this. that right
1: maybe a little bit less i we'd have to look up to figures but a little bit less yeah
0: we we've all known it's awesome i do you, do you do prime at your house or do you guys not doing it? We are we
1: are an Amazon Prime household.
0: Yes, it's almost a no brainer. I tell you, right? It is a no brainer for the benefits you get. It sounds like a, it sounds like we're doing an advertisement. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't. Amazon does not sponsor this, although at some point we would love that, but they certainly don't. Um, but they we we found some interesting stats. So Forbes had an article this week, and and this is this is definitely newsworthy because I don't think I've seen really I've seen stats on the amount of customers and the growth. But I never realized, and I don't know if you have, but the value of those Amazon customers that are Prime subscribers. So the big value um, initially when Prime came out was the was the quick shipping, right? The kind of sure. the free shipping, even the free shipping combined with you know you're going to get that in two days. Um, I think it's gotten it's gotten even better over the past few years, where you know I think Amazon's just expanding their their um, distribution centers. They're getting closer to the customer. They're becoming more agile. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing the speed at which you, you know, you, when you order something, you get it so fast it it's almost spoiled us so that we're just constantly ordering from Amazon. It seems like there's around the neighborhood here, there's an Amazon delivery truck or a UPS truck delivering Amazon packages all week long every day. So it's a constant flow, right? So yeah. they seem like, so we've got this, um, i got this report from Forbes and, uh, there's about 49 million prime customers right now. And what was really even more amazing is that to, to Amazon, those customers are worth $143 billion to Amazon over their lifetime. So that's a really valuable customer when you break that down, you know, over the 49 million. I haven't, I haven't uh, done the math there and carried the, the one over and subtracted from 10 and then all that good stuff. But I, I, I can just look at that. And I think we all kind of realize that there's a lot of money they have tied in, a lot of value tied in to your uh to your you know to you or me being an amazon prime customer so it's really neat and and there's reasons behind it right i mean what what would you suspect jose like why why do you think um why do you think it's such an appealing thing outside of i'll say even outside of the free
1: shipping sure look that's a really good question todd uh it's sticky right i mean it's kind of like think of it this way it's like one-stop shopping uh And even though you don't think of or may not use all the services, right, that they offer, it's just a go-to place. And look, we're a generation, I think across all generations, doesn't matter if you're Z, Y, X, it doesn't matter, baby boomers. We want convenience, right? Uh, We have lifestyles where we're on the go. And if there's a place where you could just shop and it's your go-to place, for certain things not everything obviously mm-hmm. and they already have your information they already have your credit card that's less time spent doing that and it's just a click versus a few clicks of surfing right. and you just buy things it's it, it to your point it's a no-brainer and they've yeah. actually created this one-stop shopping let's say uh digital experience in such a way that we all go back i mean it's not just the products but you have amazon prime video Right. So you get free videos as well uh, for, for, for series. And it, it's it, it's they've been able to do this, whereas normal retailers, let's say brick and mortar retailers, have tried to have their own apps. Uh, but that doesn't seem to work because it's only uh, one brand of retailer. Right. Or it's only one retail brand doing this. Sure. It's much more effective when it is, let's say, an independent, perhaps uh app or website that has many more brands and people have that you know experience uh, across the board
0: oh no doubt i mean they've got they've got access to brands um every single brand possible it seems like every brand has a you know a mini store on amazon and um and you know while while we were while the question before was you know what are they doing what, what is amazon doing that's so great outside of logistics it's 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 kind of crazy not to look at the logistics as as a differentiator because it's something it's differentiator but it's also the part um, of what they're offering with Prime that other retailers brick and mortar retailers are trying to compete with in some fashion. Right? They're trying to be better at getting things to people that order something whether they're ordering um, they're, they're wanting to pick it up in store you know whether they whether they found something at. You know, online that they'd rather just pick up at the store, or they're going to return an online purchase to the store, or you know, the varying ways that a customer can interact now. And Amazon has had a stranglehold on that for a while now, and they haven't. The weakness there is that people obviously can't go pick anything up. Well, at an Amazon locker you can, but that's only for you know, for for in you know, city type scenarios, urban type scenarios. Um, but other, you know, other stores, other brick and mortar stores are trying to kind of take their own own angle with this by leveraging their stores to try to compete this way. And that's where Amazon has kind of said, it seems like they're taking this free day to shipping and the, the free two day shipping, the, um, the speed at which they can get things to people. And they're adding on all these different services to kind of to kind of not necessarily squelch that, but it's almost like you can't compare anymore. They've taken they've taken this prime thing to a whole nother level that you know, like you were saying, with all the different brands they offer, all the options for buying, picking up, the simplicity of returning, the simplicity of just trying something on and returning it. Um, whereas, you know, brick and mortar retailers are trying on their own to differentiate and make it simple for people to kind of have that Amazon experience. Obviously, they, <laughs> they're they not going to start offering, um, you know, music services, video services, and, um, you know, get into grocery and all that stuff like Amazon appears to be doing. So it seems like they're just, no matter what, brick-and-mortar retailers try, they just can't keep up, you know, with what Amazon is doing.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And I, and I think, look, Todd, they, they shouldn't try to to a certain extent. I mean, I right. think...
0: Maybe they're not even, right? Maybe it's just uh, perceived on our part that they're just concerned about it.
1: They're probably not, right? N- no. I I think, well, actually, I think it's perceived, but maybe they probably are when they really shouldn't. Right. In other, in other words... It's a distraction, that, right? right? Ex- exactly. <clears throat> to, to your point, distraction, it, framed another way... If they concentrated on what they do well, which is product as well as hopefully experience in store, which still is the majority of sales, then they could differentiate, right? Because Amazon, okay, it's making inroads um, at least into the physical realm, as, as we've said in prior podcasts, but really yeah. it is not uh, there yet. And it's not even clear that they're actually going to go into the fashion or retail segment uh, beyond electronics, even though that's where they are and books, of course. And so retailers, yes, they need to invest. But look, it's about core competencies. (laughs) You have to do what you're good at first and be really good at it and then supplement it with other things that are needed, but may not be your core competency. So if e-comm isn't your core competency, look, it's important. Do do it good enough, but you can differentiate yourself in a different way.
0: Yeah, and and when you boil it all down, it seems like this is what this is is a um a hell of a loyalty program, mm. right? That's really what it is. I mean, yes. they've got they've got this report that we we're looking at on Forbes was saying that um, Prime members spend one hundred ninety three dollars monthly. Uh, I didn't see a number that non Prime mem- nine non Prime members spend, but uh, one hundred ninety three monthly, and they say that ninety one percent will renew after the first year. That's that's incredible. And they found, you know, essentially what they have done is they found a way to build a business where um, customers pay to join, they stick around, they spend a lot of money and they don't leave. So that's that's Elysium, essentially. I mean, it's... You know,
1: <laughs> it's sticky. No, you're right. Yeah. I mean, look, their, their biggest... If we were to put like a brick and mortar retailer that is really uh, someone or, or, or an entity to watch out for, it would be really Walmart right? Because Walmart uh, has in 2015 was going to pour 2 billion uh, into e-commerce this year and next year, right? That was the goal. And by 2018, they have an 11 billion capital expenditure plan, new stores, everything. So they are pretty much, if anyone is probably um, as big and has potentially the wherewithal to compete with them, it would probably be, the closest one would be Walmart. But again, that's just one instance. Every retailer is not Walmart. Every retailer should not be Walmart. Every retailer should speak to its customers and have a clear identity. Because I think to the heart of what you're saying, another way to also look at it is retailers are having an identity crisis. Yeah. Should I compete against Amazon or not? And what am I? Well, no, guys, don't forget your core values is really what it is. What are you? You're selling products to a certain consumer uh, segment. And that that's what you should concentrate on. Concentrate on yeah, right? Absolutely. Not everyone's going to be Amazon.
0: Yeah. And, and speaking of all that, I mean, if you look at um, kind of moving into the next, next segment is um, brick and mortar retailers trying to boost that customer experience. And this, we keep talking about this, but this seems to be the only way that they are going to compete in that sense is you know, using either using technology or using human-human interaction and also the human-technology interaction to boost that experience, to create that that personalization or that feeling of, oh, they know me kind of thing, or they are tracking what I want, um, like they're doing here at Crate and Barrel, apparently. So we want to talk about that for a few minutes, is kind of see what, um, what Crate and Barrel is doing with this, what they're calling this concierge software or this concierge service uh, for customers that enter the store, they're using tablets, they're using um, a new way to kind of engage and interact and kind of boost that experience. So, you know, are, are they doing it across all these stores? Are are, are all their stores, or are they just doing um, a few concept stores here with this, Jose? Or is this a uh, or is this something they've been rolling out for a while now?
1: No, it's a single store pilot program specifically for what we're talking about. They're calling it the mobile tote, right? So the mobile what? The mobile Tote. tote. Yeah, T O T E And what they're able to do, uh, and it's provided, it's a service provided by an outside vendor, and they have a tablet that allows them customers that helps them uh, scan product barcodes for more information. Mm-hmm. They could search items and add them to a wish list. So there's no fee and there's no sign in to the tablet that's necessary, right? The only catch is. A customer that uses this mobile tote as he or she enters into the store has to enter his or her email address, right? And they mm. could send themselves this list of items that they'd like to buy now or later, kind of like uh, this Amazon wish list, if you will. And they could access an exclusive mobile tote checkout line, and request as they're in the store sales associate to gather the items for them if they're going to purchase them right so you walk around the store you look at different things so let's take this journey walk into a store crate and barrel uh take your mobile tote sign in with your email walk around the store and as you're looking around the store you don't have to pick anything up right you can but you could choose not to and as you yeah. put it on, on your list uh let's say that you're picking up um i don't know like uh some glasses some wine glasses and then you're picking up Um, some other items that you need to go with that, uh, coasters and Mm -hmm. perhaps uh, napkins. You tick it off, tick, tick, tick. Mm -hmm. And then you send your um, request to a sales associate. And by the time you finish and you're ready to go home uh, with your, let's say, wine glasses and and other accessories, they'll bring it to you and they'll check you out.
0: So this looks like it's... um... It's Cloud Tags that's doing this. So it looks like Cloud Tags is, is the, the vendor that's working with them on this and kind of integrating their. It looks like what they're doing is they're integrating Crate and Barrel directly to, with APIs to be able to pull in um, inventory information, uh, to access search functionality, um, and to kind of keep product information up to date. So it looks like they're using. So these are Cloud, this must be Cloud Tags devices. Yes. Um and so that explains why cuz when I when you were talking about this I was wondering why wouldn't they why wouldn't they make this a beacon type thing or why wouldn't they make this type of a type of a situation where you could have an app, you know, a um a special app for crate and barrel. Something on people's phones they could use and just kind of pull it up and and walk through and do the same thing. So there must be some limitation there or some type of um uh you know, a, a data limitation or something like that where they wouldn't do that. Uh, instead of carrying around one of these devices. But, I mean, it does sound interesting to me. I mean, it is it is like, you know, carrying a, uh, really, a, a digital concierge with you so you could just grab what you need. Um, and it does track your behavior, which is interesting. But I'm trying, I'm still trying to get an idea of what this really does for somebody. Like, what is, what's going to make someone say, I really want to go in there and grab one of these things and walk around with
1: it? Which is true. And that's, the, I think, the big question that they have. It's cool, which though. Is I
0: mean, yeah, it's cool. It's really neat. Like, it's different, right? It, it is different. I um, uh, yeah, but it seems like uh, what, what Crate and Barrel is hoping to get out of this is that they're hoping to get data, right? They're hoping to get more behavioral data um, for remarketing, for promotions, right? To know what sure. people are picking up. So this is, this is part of that bringing digital into the store. And it's a really cool concept. And I think it's great. Um, but I'm just wondering, what's going to incentivize people to do this? And did we already say that? Did you already say that? And I missed it. There must be something yeah. that they're... Doing to get people to pick one of these up they've, they've got to be doing something because otherwise why would you just walk you know walk right in walk around grab a few things and then leave
1: yeah well you know? right right now it's essentially an experiment right because mm-hmm. uh, there as you said they want one enhance a shopping experience right uh, so I, I it wasn't clear to me um, how they're incentivizing people other than telling them about this when they walk in store yes yeah. and and so because they're figuring this out Um, this is actually happening in the, their Skokie, Illinois store, uh, -hmm. in the Westfield old orchard shopping center. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But I, I don't know is the honest answer what specifically they're doing to incentivize people.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll link this in the show notes and, um, maybe put a few bullets in there and people can make their own, their own assessment of it. And, um, Maybe, you know maybe I'll reach out to the tags people and and see what they see what they say because I am curious to see what they're doing to incentivize people to use one of these things. And um, there's got to be something that ties it back. So it's got to have some some of that Amazon type effect where you feel like what you're doing is to, you know, over time you're kind of going to get better. You're going to get better offers. You're going to get better. Um, uh, you're, you're gonna you're gonna see deals quicker or something. You know, something something's gonna come around at some point <laughs> where maybe. There is a behavioral pattern to this that benefits you as a customer rather than just benefiting, you know, the retailer.
1: Yeah, so, yeah no, um, this is true. And there are some the early, early results, right, mm-hmm. in terms of what this has done. So this is according to CloudTags. Um, so encouraging customers to scan barcodes for more than one product has increased in in-store checkout rates by nearly mm-hmm. five times. So it's gone from oh, 12 that's, that's interesting. to 56%. And so, uh, associated aided sessions have more than doubled the checkout rate, right? Uh, so they're skipping uh,
0: that with us. Are they pretty much skipping checkout? Like they're skipping that waiting in line thing? Yeah. Potentially. Uh, because they have a special line. For, See, for that, them. That's nice. That's nice. And,
1: and then the associate aided experience have increased Crate and Barrel's email signup rate from 26 to 41%. Mm.
0: Right.
1: Right. Because they have and, to put
0: their email address in to use it and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the, and, that's the identifier.
1: And another interesting statistic is that uh Barrel has discovered that 10% of the revenue generated via the tablets comes from items that are not available in store. Uh, and this suggests that customers are emailing themselves wish lists, right? Interesting, yeah. So, so they're getting interesting data that they didn't have before. So although we're not clear on how, how you start this journey, uh, there is some interesting uh, information because after all, look, in, in any retailer... Uh, where there are sales associates Uh, when one approaches a sales associate for help it's much more effective uh, in terms of upselling and cross-selling right because if if, let's say you walk into a crate and barrel store and I'm your sales associate at crate and barrel Todd then look if you're looking let's use that example the wine glasses Mm -hmm. uh, and you're looking for coasters and napkins I'd probably suggest well why not a decanter uh, have you thought of uh, up looking not just at the plain vanilla stemless glassware crate and barrel? Maybe you want to look at the Riedel um, glasses that we have, which are special. What occasion do you want them for? That I might uh, try to educate you about the different types of wine glasses. Well, you know, you look at, you're looking at this seam, uh, stemless wine glasses. Maybe you want to look at the different varieties. There's some for Bordeaux, some for... Uh, burgundy, some for white wines, Um, we even have snifters, right? And whether I'm on commission or not as a sales associate uh, doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, granted, if I were on commission, probably have to upsell you more, but it's just (laughs) a nice service, even if you don't purchase. And it's also educational, which makes it stickier than going to an Amazon Prime where you'd have to read things for yourself. Know what I mean? So it's a different experience where you could ask me as your, uh, let's say, expert, uh, in-store expert, uh, about things in the store. On top of, I mean, you have things on your fingertips, but you know, online, even the online chats are a little uh, wonky. Um, Oh, totally. I'd rather have a human being (laughs) kind of like quickly answer a question uh, that, that might pique my interest. And you know what? I might buy. And you know what? If I don't buy that's still a good customer experience which makes it sticky for me to come back
0: for sure and, and, you know Jose you sound like you know what you're doing there by the way with the crate and barrel uh, stuff so maybe you should think about maybe a part-time part-time weekend job with those guys you could think <laughs> you could clean up <laughs> i mean I, I might sell you really know stuff. your yeah you really know your your glassware and and, and all of that so that's very impressive, very impressive. Oh, thanks <laughs> <laughs> um So yeah, I mean, and this, this is, these all, these are all transitioning very nicely here because we were just talking about, um, the potential of, you know, a mobile device in essence, what this is, um, influencing store purchases. And and what we're seeing for the, for the next topic is, is information on, so some new data on search on how people are using search. And this, this is, this is not really obviously going into a store using a tablet like this or, you know, um, you know, search you for something that way. But this is your classic phone, right? You're sitting on your phone. You are, um, you are looking to pick up, buy something. So, what are you going to do? So, you're going to go to um, people will usually go to Amazon, do a search maybe to see what's there. They'll do a search on Google. They may go to, um, they may go to the actual retailer's website depending on if they know where to go for it. But there was interesting data published last month that um, this was actually Google data. So this is this is interesting data. Google data suggests that or states that 70% of smartphone owners who bought something in a store first turned to their devices for insight relevant to that purchase. And 92% of of consumers who search for a product on their phone went on to make a related purchase. So there's talk about stickiness. There's a lot of stickiness there. Uh, and, And this is where this seems to be the focus for many retailers when they're not you know, when they're not um, trying to re- renovate how they approach their brick and mortar stores and how they approach, you know, in human-to-human interactions and, and all of that good stuff with the customer experience, they're also keeping an eye on um, search to make sure that they are sticky when customers are making searches for something that might be related to them. And so there's, there's advances lately in all sorts of AI. We've seen recently from, speaking of Google again, with their new line of phones, including um, in, their, in their Pixel line of phones, including uh, including their their art, Google AI, I think they're calling it. And this is a kind of behavioral-based artificial intelligence that makes Siri not look so smart. Well, Siri in general, in my opinion, isn't very smart. But, um, you know, when you look at Google, what Google's done, when you actually ask for something in just even regular Google Now and you're putting in a query, I mean, if you say, though, if you want, um, if you say, I want to want green shoes, I mean, you're going to get a ton of stuff. It's going to be difficult to really hone in on something. Um, but eventually the idea here is that your search, whether it's voice or whether it's, uh, just typed in is going to get smarter, you know, Google or whoever it is, is going to get smarter and they're going to understand really what you want over time and start honing the results based on you, not based on other people, not based on, you know, what's, what's selling really well. So this is kind of cool. I mean, this is a whole nother Angle here, and this is like we talked about Alexa earlier, very very quickly. Amazon's Alexa, same concept, right? Kind of like that home concierge, uh, almost a, a, a well, it is a voice-driven search in a way. Yes. So yeah, I mean this is this is neat stuff. What else are you seeing with this, Jose?
1: Well, look, I think that this is, as we said, look the this is where it's going. I mean, search has been around for a long time, right? And we know that search often is, you know, based on behavioral uh, analytics, which are great. So- but look, it's technology that has been around for a while, right? So mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the point is in this world of the Amni Channel shopper, where convenience, as we said earlier in the Amazon segment, is key for everyone, and everyone's pressed for time, well, look, sometimes you may not be able to stop and, you know, put some search words into the key box, right? You're driving. Uh, who, who's going to text? I mean, people do shouldn't, but they could ask a question as they're you know driving, yeah. um, and it could be something from your phone, or it could be something like an Alexa. It could be an Echo, right? Uh, so, for example, there's a statistic that owners of Echo spent around ten percent more uh, on Amazon, right, in the six months after they bought the speaker than before they had the device. Right? right? So it talks about the stickiness and the convenience factor. Look, whether it doesn't matter whose system it is, as long as it's a, an intelligent system that allows you to get the information that you need, right? Because often if you yeah, think about right. a search, let's think about this online search, right? Yeah. So I put green jacket because that's all I have time to write, right? And well, what kind of green jacket? It, it, are you looking for a men's green jacket, women's green jacket? Um, they'd probably have cookies, so they'd probably figure out I was a guy, so they would give me green jackets. But that could mean blazer, that could mean maybe a, you know, regular short jacket. Is it, am I talking winter, spring? Whereas when you're speaking, right, it's much more quick. I need a men's green uh, golf jacket. Much more precise, right? So then the, the interaction is cleaner then that's a behavioral search because then it's much more personalized and there's opportunity for more personalization because there's more signal vis-a-vis something that's online um, where it's, you know, the grouping to your point, right? It's not personalized uh, with behavioral analytics. It's kind of like very um, customers that uh, like this, also like this, it's person to group versus person to person or individual.
0: Yeah, absolutely absolutely and it's just going to get smarter i mean there's, there's no doubt about it um they're uh they're realizing that there's a demand right there's a demand for that search being functional and, and there's nothing that drives me crazier so i don't know you you go to uh you know you, you go to a site you want it to be a responsive search you know you want it to almost know what you're looking for as you're typing it in um you know and and that's that's sort of where this is all going it's in this this starts, this starts kind of towing the line of privacy concerns, I would think too, just because of the (laughs) amount of assumptions being made here. I mean, this is where things get a little dicey of, uh, you know, um, and this goes back to years ago when this started happening, where, you know, retailers would be watching what people are buying and sending them things based on what they're purchasing to understand various things um, happening throughout their lives. And um, it seems like, as, you know, as we move through this and the, these artificial intelligence backends get smarter and more accurate, uh, it's going to be sort of creepy how, how much they understand what we like and what we don't like. And this will be no excuse at any point in time for retailers not to be able to offer their customers the exact thing they're looking for before they even know it. You know, Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going to be one of those type of scenarios. So. <laughs> it's
1: a little scary. It's uh, a little creepy. Yeah, but- a little creepy. But on the flip side, it can be very positive if, uh, let's say, implemented correctly or executed correctly. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it has to be executed correctly because apparently if they don't, um, in this uh, on this, in this in article on Retail Dive, they were saying that um, if shoppers go to a site where they aren't happy with the quality of the search results, 37% are not at all likely to return. They're just going to cut and run and never come back. So that is, you know, it's, it's, and this is, and uh, again, the article makes another good point after that is that it's not a good, it's not a new feature, this thing with search, right? It's just that it needs to be fixed for those that, you know, for where it's not working. um, And it needs to be smarter. And that's where it's going to get really cool uh, pretty soon, you know, outside of just Amazon, you know?
1: Exactly. Well, look, I mean, it's kind of like Netflix, right? It's very personalized. It's not exactly exactly search. Right. but conceptually it's the same idea it's very personalized like when the household you have netflix for yourself for your spouse and perhaps other members of your, of your family it's very yep. personal
0: lots of math lots of math happening there lots of things <laughs> happening in the back end and uh and uh you know i'm sorry i'm very excited to see where it goes um so cool good stuff uh why don't we move off to the last bit here and we can um touch on your segment here which is our humble opinion it really should be Jose's humble opinion. And this one seems like it's uh, not, not saying I don't agree with your opinion. I'm just saying it's probably your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and this one's about the, you're, you're calling it and I'm reading here in our show notes, uh, the merchant analytic prints. And I'm picturing like some kind of terminator cyborg that dresses really well, <laughs> but that's just me. That's just me and my nerdy mind, but you're welcome to go ahead and, and actually clarify what you're going to be talking about.
1: Sure. Thanks. Yeah. So I think, look, today in today's segment, we talked a lot about like, the tech being used by retailers, right? So it, it made me think about, look, uh, as we were preparing for the show, uh, when I started in retail over 25 years ago, it was a different place, right? And this isn't about nostalgia, and, uh, and it's just for context purely. I live in the future, and we should all live in the future, present and the future. Uh, so back at that time, uh, pre-'90s, right, these were the days of the merchant prince, where product reigned. And then, as we saw within the retail industry, technology came to the picture, right? We have our first dot-com bust in the late 90s, right? People didn't know, what is e-com? How? They couldn't figure out that it was just another sales channel, right? And it's very primitive form. That's what it was at that time. It wasn't much more than that, right? And so this, it was treated as something separate. Right, which explains a lot of things in terms of how we're siloed as organizations. And then since then, cutting to the um, recent past and as of late, there have been a lot of tech innovations. Unfortunately, you know, I think as retailers, we've gotten too caught up in the zeitgeist of technology. Uh, I think technology is awesome. But as we said earlier, not every retailer is Amazon. Not every retailer uh, has that, Capability, not that they shouldn't, again, they should speak to their customers. So we often focus on tech, at least today, today's world. Retailers say, Tech is the savior of my business. Uh, no. <laughs> so as the Quebecois in Canada say, Je me souviens, which is, I remember. So why am I saying this? So we must not forget uh, the days of product. And we must keep things in perspective, right? So we have to remember that retail sales in store still comprise the vast majority of revenues. So in today's world, uh, we must blend technology uh, with good product and create a positive experience in store, because this is the only way that we will be able to compete against the Amazons of the world. This is not to say that we shouldn't look at technology, but again, as we've often said in in this um, program we need to have a roadmap that allows us um, to blend these things together therefore today we're in the age of the merchant analytic prince there needs to be a blend of the art and science there needs to be a blend of what technology uh the, the promise of technology within our own context as a retailer along with human intuition, that cannot change, right? That is uh, our mandate. And as we get ready for fourth quarter uh, or rather are in fourth quarter right now uh, in in October, we have to keep positive and not waver and remember that we'll be successful as retailers by by combining both the technology with the human element. And that will make us stronger as retailers, right? And by having good product along with this, which is the core of a good retailer, uh, we could actually win uh, the fourth quarter for ourselves because at the end of the day, it's about personal best as a retailer rather than just uh, competing against other companies. And hopefully, um, we'll have a bigger piece of the pie for ourselves. So this week, consider as retailers, how are we going to blend the art of retail with the science that's available to us to become uh, better organizations overall?
0: Well, I'm sure our French-Canadian listeners are going to appreciate that, appreciate that middle part there. So, uh, good work. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, so, well, that's the show, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Questions, comments, feedback. Uh, email us at Brick Datacast. At gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, or any favorite podcast aggregator. Um, until next time, take care and we'll see you on episode 10. And see you, Jose.
1: Thanks. Bye.